0: Good morning and welcome to HR Tech Weekly, one step closer with Stacy Harris and John Sumter. This is our hundred and fifty-fifth show, Stacey.
1: Wow. We've we've really come a long way from that first couple of, of uh 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 shows. hundred and fifty three. That that's how many that's what, two two years in total at this point, right? hundred and fifty
0: five. That's three years. Wow. That's more than three years. We should when we should have now. an anniversary party and get everybody to send us presents.
1: <laughs> that would be fun. Yes, <laughs> as long as all the presents included chocolate, I'd be good with that.
0: <laughs> and that would right, be, right. that would
1: make your household happy. <laughs>
0: that would I, I, well, I would get bonus points if, if lots of chocolate floated in our direction.
1: You would, yes. Yeah. See, see. So I think that would be a win-win for both of us then. <laughs> So how so, are
0: you doing so as we've how's done? The, how's, how am I doing this week? Well, I had an amazing time yesterday of a project grown by by a new force in the industry called Mindemic Labs. And Mindemic Labs is um, a scenario planning organization that's trying to create Um, useful tools for strategy in HR in the talent acquisition area in in particular. And and I spent two days in a room with an an enormously diverse group of really smart people who are active practitioners in those roles. There was a... um, a remarkable woman from education policy in D.C. Um, the 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 Mydemic Labs team includes Michael Canisto, who is, was the the head of talent for one of the big perfumeries and is now running talent for Calvin Klein Brands. Um, uh, and and so there was there was this nice. Broad array of people, and I was the only tech person in the room. Um, wow. So, so it was, it was clients who are trying to understand what they need without instinctively reaching for technology as a solution, and and it was just a wonderful experience.
1: Sounds like it, and and you're in New York this week, so you're also experiencing the cold along with these great meetings,
0: right? Oh man! I haven't seen snow in twenty years <laughs> and, and it snowed yesterday, and I didn't understand that that if it's seven degrees the day before it snows when it snows it's warmer um, and and I assumed that when the snow came, it would be colder um, and and that was a that was a really interesting thing to learn, yeah
1: well. Well, I'm you? experiencing how about, how the snow again you? as well. Yes. Yeah. Well, it is That's... snow in the south this week. So uh, here in North Carolina, we're getting snow. Um, and I'm so I'm spending the week hold up, which is actually nice. Um, doing webinars, getting our big enterprise HR system survey prepared again for for our April launch. So it's one of those, you know, steady work weeks, no traveling for a little bit yet. Um, And I'll keep it that way because I hate to travel when it's snowing outside. So this is perfect time to stay inside and put a fire on, in my opinion. So, well, I'll keep it that way for a couple of weeks.
0: (laughs) Good good. good. So what's in the mailbag? Things are things are heating up fast this year. I think 2018 is launching as if it's going to be a spectacular year for news and HR tech.
1: I think so. It's going to be a busy busy year. Um this week um we have lots of big names and little names um doing some interesting things. So uh we'll quickly go through what we're going to be covering and then we'll probably come back and talk about each of them. So uh, for those who might not know yet, uh, Ceridian is uh, moving to go ahead with its IPO. Um, They've filed their paperwork um, and submitted a, forms S-1 to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. So we might want to come back and talk a little bit about what that's going to mean for the market and what that could be or could not be um, in this space. Um, we're also seeing this week that Workday came out with a bang, um, two big announcements in one week for them. Um, they announced that they were acquiring a little company called Skip Flag, located out of San Francisco, um, That is focused in the AI space, artificial intelligence space, as well as created a very tight partnership with Duo Security. So Duo Security is a a big sort of uh, cybersecurity firm that also does um, technology for multi-factor authentication. Talk a little bit about what that means for them. There's also been... An investment made, and this was actually uh, made about a week and a half ago, but I had missed this, but um, Battery Ventures made a significant investment in an HR um, software firm, PageUp. So for those of us who have been in this space for a little while, PageUp's been around for almost 20 years, um, and to get a pretty big investment is um, they're out of Australia. They're a talent management solution, um, focused a lot in higher ed. So um, they're worth sort of having a couple of minutes talking about. And then for those who have been sort of watching what's happening on the global front, um, PeopleStrong is a company out of India that got a major investment um, this week and they're an organization that, that made quite a bit of news. You know, they, they, they visited during HR Tech Conference here in the States, made the rounds of the analyst, and so it's probably worth talking about what they're planning on doing. Um, at the same time as getting their investment, they made a launch of their HR app, Alt, um, which they're basically the, their marketplace. Um, and then if we have time, not like there isn't enough news to talk about, but um, Paycom got some really good news this week um, with their um, uh, quarterly um, update and uh, the investment industry is, is really, really excited about them and where they've, they've been and where they've gone, so it's worth sort chatting a little bit about them. They're a SMB market payroll solution and HCM solution, um, but particularly interesting to, I think, the investment community right now. Um, And then SHERM has a new um, CEO um, that came in in December. So uh, Sherm from the HR perspective, has a huge impact on what happens both in the HR space but also in technology that's supporting HR practices. And so we might want to take a little bit of his his, um, commentary and what he's planning on doing for the next couple of years. Um, So it's been a busy, busy week, not to mention the – the consumer uh, and um, CES uh, show, which basically has all of the new consumer gadgets out, um, if we want to talk about that. So so lots of stuff to talk about, John.
0: So did you get a chance to um, look at um, anything from CES? What other gadgets? I,
1: you know, yeah, none of the gadgets seemed terribly interesting to me. I was, you know, and I was looking at sort of all the top 10s, you know, they, all the things they were excited about. Um, I saw a couple of gadgets that were, you know, sort of robots that were supposed to be companions and, and they had shown a couple of things on, you know, I was watching some YouTubes of the, um, you know, the, the Internet of Things stuff that follows you around your house. Most of it felt a little creepy right now. So <laughs> You know, I, I think we're still in that 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 age where where some of this stuff just feels a little bit off kilter. But that may be just me. So <laughs> I don't know about you, John. Did you see anything that came out of CES that that you were excited about that you thought was really interesting?
0: No, no, I didn't see anything. No. I, I sort of wondered what all those people were doing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think everything that they were talking about is stuff we 've been talking about for the last year the 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 health sensors, the you know uh, companion robots, the augmented reality um, the wireless charging all of those things are stuff that's been out for a while. you know, probably the only thing that really sort of struck a chord was the chip wars. There was a lot of conversation about how much faster and, and the speed that's going to be increased between the various uh, chip manufacturing companies, but I think that's just going to elevate the the level of um uh, technology, particularly in the artificial intelligence space, that we can run. So.
0: so, so the big news, the big item we could spend the whole half hour on this is Ceridian is um, has filed their S-1 and they are um, headed towards an IPO. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's you know this has been I think on the. Ever since Fidelity, or, um, uh, fi- sorry, Fidelity National Financial bought them, um, you know, in 2007, this has been the conversation: when, what were they going to do, and when were they going to do that? And then in 2012, they bought Dayforce, and the big conversation has been: how long will they have hold on to Dayforce and continue to invest in it before it goes IPO? Um, now. I personally think this is really interesting because, you know, me and you have talked a little bit about what we think is going to be hot this year. And I think workforce management, time and attendance technology is going to be some of the hottest stuff this year. It's the one area that needs to be completely revamped. Um, And the two big players in the space, the people that the, the organizations that probably have the most sophisticated as well as sort of. Scalable applications to me would be Ceridian and Kronos. What do you think about that, John? Do you think those two are going to be the big players, especially if they go IPO now? Uh,
0: so, so, so there's um, Workforce Software too, who who may um, um, may have some interesting play in this. I, I'm. I guess I guess I I hear what you're saying about this being the year of workforce management solutions. Uh, I am not I'm not so sure but not, but, but not
1: butt in, okay. But that's, yeah. a, that's
0: an interesting idea. But but the, the, the Ceridian story itself is whether or not this is an explosive year for their markets, it'd actually be pretty bad for them if it was an explosive year for their because <laughs> it takes a lot of focus to do an IPO. It takes a whole lot of yeah. focus to do an IPO. And Ceridian is, we're, t- we're talking about huge amounts of money here. Ceridian is is an aircraft carrier at this point, and turning the aircraft carrier is a, a big deal. But they've been owned by private equity for, geez, I bet it's 20 years anyhow. Right? The, 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 the Fidelity... Um, execution was a refinancing of a prior purchase, and they've been trying to get, they took Ceridian Private a long, long time ago, and they've been trying to get Ceridian back into the public markets ever since. That's what private equity does, is it pulls stuff out, it fixes the place up, and then it tries to make a profit on selling the business. Ceridian has done amazing stuff. David Ossip mm-hmm. is a genius, and he is a kind of a superhuman genius. Um, and he took Dayforce and installed it on the top of the old Ceridian and extracted the the learning and wisdom and processes out of the core of Ceridian and and made it a from a from a sort of a, a mid twentieth century service bureau into a twenty first century software company, and it's an extraordinary achievement so so i I'm hoping that they they get their just desserts in this process,
1: yeah, yeah well well, I think it's definitely going to be interesting to watch what happens there's you know been a lot of um, speculation about when the big ERPs are going to come out with sort of competitive level um, you know newer Workforce management applications that would compete at some level with some of the newer technologies um, and you know if it it will take them uh, a little while before they can probably develop the skills, the level of um, uh, depth in the database, which is part of what makes the new workforce management analytics work so well, right. Um, but you know, it, if it's not this year, it'll definitely be in the next year or two. Because time and attendance is the space I think where money is being spent right now at, at pretty rapid rates. So. Well, that's
0: that's so interesting. Well, well, it'll be it'll be great to see if your if your forecast comes true. It, it would be nice to have something to counterbalance this mad swirl of energy around automation and and intelligent software.
1: Well and I and I think it'll also be interesting um you know to countermount some of the focus on recruiting which is always important but um, part of the reason a lot of people struggle with, you know, sort of how long they'll stay with the organization is pay and management, but it's also the type of schedules and the type of assignments you get. And that's where workforce management comes in. Um, so speaking of artificial intelligence, though, Workday also made a big, big announcement with acquiring SkipFlag. Now, they, they've been sort of making these small little acquisitions over the last couple of years, Um so, you know, this isn't surprising that they're they're acquiring another small art AI company. Now, SkipFlag is an organization that uses deep learning to help people make sense of mountains of data. So they're supposed to be sort of like a data cataloging organization. Um, and what I thought was sort of interesting is that, you know, when you take a look at what SkipFlag, you know, currently does and um, who their founders were, both of their founders were um, – from LinkedIn originally, so sort of understanding the HR space from that perspective. Um, had you heard of Skip Flag previously at all, John? Is that an organization you'd run into in your AI conversations?
0: Don't know anything at all about Skip Flag. Um, um, not, not a single tiny thing about Skip Flag, and um, um, I'm looking forward to seeing it. What, what Workday's really good at doing is identifying smaller players with great technology insights and somehow integrating those people into their technology sections so that those people are able to take leadership roles in the construction of the, of the platform. And so, so, so when they buy it, it means that, that this is a, um, um, a gem Um, and that they are going to be serious about wrapping product around it. They have the most successful acquisitions of any company I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, I think that's almost one of the stories about the Workday model is this acquisition approach that they're taking, which is um, to really identify early, early, you know, um, cutting-edge stuff that's happening in the market, um, keeping their eyes on that space, and then i think you know your point about them coming in and having leadership roles the talent that they identify is that they're very they're very um open about the fact that they're not just buying the technology but they're buying a culture and a a set of talent and you know saying that from the perspective of hiring that they want to keep and they do everything they can to keep them just like they would with hiring someone you know off of um off the street so this is a, i think a model that I don't know. I mean, John, have you seen that model in other sort of HR tech firms? Is that what, you know, I I haven't seen it as much obviously in the in the big HR companies that we've, you know, sort of been following, but, you know, is this something that's sort of more standard in in the, in the Silicon Valley and uh, you know, with Google's and uh, Facebook's and all of them?
0: Well, the 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 basic VC investment model these days is in is into companies that 10 years ago would never have been considered companies. They would have con- been considered a functional item on a drop-down menu, right? And so so there's a lot of energy going into very small bits of research. And and really, the only path out for those companies, those companies don't generally scale into becoming the next big platform. So the only path out is through acquisition. and. And so the VCs are trying to teach the larger legacy software industry how to do acquisitions this way. Uh, And um, um, it's slow in coming, but but there's enough success here so that that we are uh, – um, we're we're starting to see this as the way that research and development is done where you where you invest in a company and the expectation is that they will break the state of the art while producing a revenue stream Yeah, exactly. And right and, and that's really really hard to do, but there are some people who do it. But, you know, I'm here in New York meeting with with the New York um they used to, in, in in the dot com bubble they would they would call it the valley on the west coast and the alley on the east coast, <laughs> Silicon Alley. Yeah. Um I, I don't think they use the, the language any longer. But but there are really interesting and important entrepreneurs who are following the same sort of model here.
1: Well, you know, it's it's definitely a smart model in a market where, you know, unemployment is very, very low and uh, the skills and talents are hard to find, right? Um, so it's definitely a way to get right. your skills and talents if you can keep them. So one of the other things that Workday did is it invested in um, uh, the relationship or partnership, they're calling it, with Duo Security. Now, Duo Security is a cybersecurity organization. Um Focus on multi-factor authentication. So for those who might not know what multi-factor authentication is, it is basically an application that that allows someone when they log into a technology that it will ping something, whether that's either it'll make a phone call to a a number that's in there uh, associated with the person who's logging in, or it will ping a cell phone. Um, I have this set up with the company that I work with. Um, it's it's a process driven sort of cybersecurity model as well as a technology driven one because it's ensuring that people are aware that that your login is being used uh, and you have to confirm that it's being used. Um, you know this. They made a huge announcement about this and the partnership in this and and I know a lot of organizations use Duo Security already. Uh, does this surprise you? That they're making making big news about this, John.
0: Um. You, you know. I think. I think that. But GDPR is a a huge reality and the obligation of every company to install um, more effective security processes, procedures, and technologies to protect the private information of individual European citizens uh, is... It means that it's necessary to deliver the best security technology inside of your HR application, and so so it makes all the sense in the world that they're doing this out. They're doing this um, um, acquisition it makes all yeah, the right, sense yep. in the world.
1: um, We did ask this year in the um, HR System Survey what percentage of organizations were doing multi-factor authentication, Um, and what we found is that the ones who had enterprise security strategies that included HR systems with them were much more likely to be doing multi-factor authentication, so again, strategies make a big, big uh, approach to this, and having technology that has partnerships help, too. Um, We we also saw this investment this week from battery ventures in page up um, you know it's, it's we we've been following page up i know i've been following page up for almost you know 10 years they they they've been around since 1997 um, they're a, a career planning and career mapping and recruiting software started out in the recruiting space and, but they're um, headquartered out of Australia, and they've moved sort of global, particularly strong um, ties in Asia Pacific. But they've also done very well in the United States in the higher education space. Um, and it looks like they're getting an infusion of money from a um, private equity firm. Uh, this is a talent management play right now, from the recruiting perspective, John. You know, is this a space? You know, you think that we're going to see more investments this year? Um, do you expect more venture? venture capital here, or private equity for money here as well?
0: So, so I'm going to guess that the page-up investment is private equity. And and, and and the difference between private equity and venture investing is probably worth knowing. Um, private equity, this is, this is harsh, and I don't mean to cast aspersions on any particular company, but private equity is kind of the junk trade or the antiques business. You look for distressed objects, you clean them up and restore them, and you sell them at a premium. And so the the it's better to think of private equity investment as a purchase or a partial purchase or a loan with performance terms that amount to a purchase. And so when you take private equity money, uh, um, it comes with a playbook, and you get a certain amount of freedom to act as if it was a refinancing of your house. But if you are not on track with your financial performance objectives by halfway through the six or seven years of the term, uh, then private equity steps in to make the decisions that it thinks are right. And and so so with the investment comes some. Something that starts to look like control of decision making in the organization, and so so the the original organization has some time to uh, you might say get their act together, but but there's a lot of other ways of thinking about how you optimize to to get the, to get the thing right, and um, um, and and then if it doesn't work, private equity steps in. Um, yeah. in the v c world in the vC world the way that that decision is made is you don't get funding the second time because the v c the vC investment is more speculative um, and it's more about trusting the um, the entrepreneur to make the return and and so so. There's not really the promise of more money with a private equity investment, and there is almost um, implicit a promise of more money in the venture investment so so you exercise control with board control in private equity and financial control in the venture investment. Does that make sense
1: It, it makes sense, and I think it fits very well with where page up is that With you know sort of being a 20 year old organization with a really solid Set of tools on the recruiting side. I, I did get a briefing from them just not too long ago, and and I was I was impressed that the tool set had so many interconnections across sort of the learning, uh, career planning, and the recruiting side in ways that we don't see at a process level integration. But obviously, it needs an infusion pot probably to to, to get it back into you know maybe either working. Efficiently, or to maybe introduce its marketing, whatever the next step is, because this is a this is a a rough market right now, and and we're going to need to particularly for those that are focused on talent management, are going to need to have something that's really, really basically focused to keep them moving um and the point solutions in the best of breed market, right
0: right right
1: so um, yeah that makes a lot of sense. Cool. So what's next? Well, we're also this week um, talking about um, PeopleStrong. So PeopleStrong is another organization. They're out of India. They're headquartered out of India. Um, And they're a uh, HCM payroll. They've got some talent management, some recruiting applications that they've just uh, launched um, in the for the India audience primarily. Um, they do a little bit outside of that, but primarily it's in the India audience. Uh, they have about 200 customers and 500,000 users uh, within that environment. And um, they've got an investment from a standalone investor um, uh, that's connected with Zeta, which is a um, leading benefits platform in that area. And they're also, um, at the same time as they've gotten this investment, um, from a, um, a capital investment perspective, they're also launching two um, things within their organization, two, two ac- actual functions um, for their application that are basically a, they're calling it app alt one, um, which is, is, it sounds to me like a marketplace um maybe one of the first marketplaces in india where they basically pre-done integration so all of their clients can just go in and pick a couple of vendors who who meet their needs and and have um and uh, pay right there within the environment i haven't seen that briefed but i have seen their recruiting product and their other platforms. And, um, I've seen those through a briefing and their applications are actually really quite user-friendly. Um, they're, they're, I'd say on par with what we see here in the United States. Um, but their focus is just the India audience right now. They were here in the United States. Um, but they are not focusing on, on going beyond the India market. They're trying to be the solution software for the India market. If you're headquartered in the U S and you have employees in India. Um, you know, we're seeing more of these little firms regionally sort of grow up and get investments locally, but also uh, building in applications that are very similar to what they're seeing here in North America and uh, globally in Europe as well. Uh, are you? Do you think India is going to continue to have this kind of growth in some of these application areas?
0: Yeah, India, is, India, I think, is a much bigger market than the United States. And, and so what's cool about PeopleStrong is <clears> – <throat> The the American view of the HR tech market in India is um, uh, mostly about companies that do business with the United States, so the export economy. Uh, The internal economy in, in India is just massive. And... And they do business a, a little bit differently and don't really want to adopt Western processes and procedures. And so, so I expect the differentiation of the Indian HR technology market to exceed the differentiation in the American uh, technology market because it's five or six times as big. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and and once they've sort of figured out the the margins and the financial metrics in the India market, and if their applications work very well within that market, and if they can expand that to Asia Pacific, the scalability is is the next big question. And there's really some opportunity, I think, for someone who can sort of be a strong player in that Asia Pacific market from a payroll core HCM perspective. It was interesting when I did the briefing with um, People Strong. You know, one of the things that was sort of they just sort of took for granted. They've got a, a deep. They've got like a platform that actually works with the um, third-party recruiting firms. That is sort of a, a view into their application for them. And I thought, well, that's actually like a separate act application. In most of the sort of U.S. markets, their North America and European markets, they've built it right into their recruiting application because so many businesses in India use sort of third-party recruiting. Uh, firms to do the recruiting, and so things like that are going to be interesting. You know, they've they've sort of pre-built stuff that I don't think normally we see here in the states in their applicant tracking systems and recruiting. And I think we'll see that in other places. Like you said, they're going to take a different approach to it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so it's an exciting start. We've blown through our half hour, and, and we are off to a roaring 2018. Uh, we
1: are. So there will be a so lot more to talk about, I'm sure, next week. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yep, yep. It's going to get better and better. So thanks for taking the time to do this, and thanks for taking the time to listen in, everybody. It's It's been another fantastic show.
1: Thanks, everyone. Have a good week and stay warm.
0: You've been listening to HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumpcher, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye now.
1: Bye, everyone.